This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice we're in for another week. So, another full moon in February. So, let's hear what Pam Gregory has to say about the new moon coming up on the 16th. Hi, everyone. Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the second half of February and the full moon that we have coming up on the 16th in Leo. Now, remember that from sort of third, fourth of February, Mercury will be moving direct, and that means all of the planets are going to be moving direct until the 29th of April when Pluto moves retrograde. So this is a time when the where the energy is going to pick up its pace. Events are going to pick up their pace too. It's going to be a pretty Pretty fast moving and eventful period. And also remember that at another level, which is partly contributing to this, the, the surges of evolutionary energy, photonic light and energy are just pouring onto the earth. And they're going to build to another peak, I believe, around the March equinox. So this is very exciting, but it's a lot happening for our little individual energy fields in a short time. So remember all those strange physical effects you may be feeling, just see those as evidence, really, of our continual upgrade right now. So let me talk about this full moon in Leo. It happens, as I say, on the 16th, and it's at 27 degrees, 59 minutes of Leo. And it happens at 8.57 a.m. Pacific and 4.57 p.m. UK time. So I've been talking about we have seven full moons in a row, all at 27 degrees of their signs. And this one is the fifth of, of, of those seven. And I understand in numerology that the 27th degree, 27th number is linked to endings in some way. And yeah, absolutely, this is a massive year of, of pivot point, tipping point, where we're going to see an accelerated collapse of the old order, but at the same time, the birth of the new. And they are both happening at the same time. So as one is collapsing, the other is, is birthing, and that's going to create a great deal of energetic turbulence inevitably. But it's all about breaking down to break through. That's very necessary to get us to a better place. Now, full moons are always the peak of the moon cycle. 
and therefore feelings tend to come to a head at these times, very emotional. See where 2756 of Leo falls in your chart. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can download a free birth chart from my website. And then if you go to the link in the description below, you can get a two-part tutorial video series that will explain very simply from zero how to find these points in your chart and what each of my updates means for you in your life. And you can start your astrological journey. What is Leo about? Leo is about the heart. It's very much about heart energy. And therefore, it's about love as well. And remember that we are shifting from the age of the mind to the age of the heart. So this Leo full moon's really emphasizing that. This is also signaled by the North Node moving from Gemini, ruled by Mercury, planet of the mind, into Venus, which it did in uh, January, January the 18th, into Taurus, ruled by Venus very much the planet of love. So this is where we're headed towards the heart and towards love. So just looking at this full moon in more detail. So again, this is set for UK time because this is where I live. Unless you're on UK time, ignore the clock face, the houses. We're simply looking at the signs where the planets are placed and the aspects between them. However, very interesting that the moon here is tightly conjunct the Ascendant, so that says that the people will be coming forwards very strongly in the UK, and I don't think we're alone in that. So let us, and also remember full moons are a culmination, a completion, a closure, or they can be seeing the fruits of your labor or shining a light on secrets that you didn't know before. So be very aware of those manifestations where you you see where it's falling in your own chart. Now, various things I'd like to point out here. We have an exact conjunction here between Venus and Mars in Capricorn, 16 of Capricorn. Now, normally Venus and Mars come together roughly every 18, 19 months. They do that for about two weeks and then one or the other moves on. But here, they're going to be in conjunction for pretty much two months until early April, which is really quite unusual. So whenever you see conjunctions between Venus and Mars, they can be great signifiers for romance. So if 16 of Capricorn is falling in your fifth house or your seventh house in your own chart, then that can suggest that a new relationship can come along if that's what you're open to, particularly because the Venus-Mars conjunction is trine to Uranus here. Quite a tight, um, fairly tight trine within about five degrees. So Uranus can bring in the sudden, the unexpected, the very different kind of person who may be younger, foreign, different background to you, but it's sudden and it feels exciting. So if you're open to relationship, that can happen for you and, and really be very quick, very exciting. Not always steady, but exciting. However, even beyond the romance, even just thinking socially, this is lovely, lovely for establishing long-term social connections, long-term social connections with which, with whom you can move forwards into your future, Uranus. And so this can expand your social life in some way, but it's, it's very much linking with people of like mind on the same frequency to move forwards into your future. And that actually is going to become even stronger in March because in, on the 6th of March, Venus and Mars again 
marching hand in hand, are going to move into Aquarius, the sign of community, collaboration, tribe, etc. And that is going to be even stronger as a signal of finding, finding your family of frequency, finding your tribe. So that's wonderful. We also have um, other aspects to to Uranus, which are very important. I mean, just the fact we've got Mars also trying to Uranus, that that energizes all that uh, Uranian symbolism of freedom, truth, human rights, um, awakening, um, revolutionary energy, earthquake volcano type energy, galactic news, etc. So it could be any and all of those. And we've also, I haven't drawn it in, but there's actually a lovely sextile here between Jupiter and Pisces and Uranus in Taurus. And this is about kind of opening up our consciousness to something higher. Uranus was the sky god and um, Jupiter is also very much connected with long distance travel, you know, reaching out to the cosmos. So the combination of these can really open up our higher mind, open up our, our consciousness. So that can be wonderful too. Now, echoing... Um, the full moon feelings coming to a head. We also have a very intense quincunx exact to the degree between the moon, 27 of Leo, and Pluto, 27 of Capricorn. And any hard aspect between the moon and Pluto is also, is always about feelings that are intense, deep, compulsive, obsessive, even though this is just a quincunx, which is considered a minor aspect, because it's exact to the degree, I think this is going to be very powerful. So the people are going to be feeling issues around the heart. And I actually mean that in several senses, and I'm sure you follow my meaning here, linked to perhaps government control or policies, Pluto in Capricorn. It's also, of course, going to be shining a light on the process of Pluto moving Capricorn, which, as I've said many times, is to reveal corruption in high places if that, um, if that is not for our highest good moving forwards. So the other thing to say about this full moon is that you see the sun and, uh, sun and moon opposite each other at a full moon, that's always the case, but they are actually in a fixed grand cross because you see here that they are both Again, exact to the degree squaring the north node, and that means by definition, we don't normally put the south node in a chart, but they, by definition, are also squaring the south node. So this is a fixed grand cross or a fixed grand square. So what that means is that we will um, have tremendous determination, tenacity, courage. Again, think of Leo the symbol, um, lions in the jungle have enormous courage, and we will stick to our truth. We will absolutely stick to our truth, sun in Aquarius, to defend our positions. We can do that very lovingly, very peacefully, very nicely. That doesn't have to involve any uh, violence of any kind, but we are digging into our own truth. And here, as I'm filming today, I'm very much thinking of the Canadian trucker convoy, which has been a massive convoy of freedom and love. I mean, so many families out on the street with their very young children in way sub-zero temperatures and some areas it's kind of minus 30 out there. And they bring hot food, hot drinks. 
of the truckers. Churches are opening up. People are opening up their homes for truckers to sleep and, and, and be fed. It is truly moving, truly moving that they are coming together um, in a very peaceful movement, but a very determined movement. This, this really started over the new moon in Aquarius, the power of the people coming together. And as I say, as I'm filming, this movement, I want to call it, is now spreading international, internationally, Finland, Europe, Australia, I believe, UK, etc. So this is going to be very interesting. I may at some point, when I get a moment, do a separate video on Pluto moving from Capricorn to Aquarius, because this Aquarian energy, we have Saturn in Aquarius, and here, obviously, the Sun in Aquarius, is very, very much about the power of the people looking forwards in truth, in freedom, to a bigger future vision for the highest good of all. So that, I think, is a very important part of um of this full moon as well. The other thing, um, I'm going to stop sharing now so you can see me. The other important thing, I think, to say about this full moon is that it is activating the moon, the U.S. moon, in the U.S. chart of 4th of July, 1776, Philadelphia, 10 past 5 in the afternoon, linked to the Declaration of Independence. Now, that U.S. moon is at 27 of Aquarius. And this full moon is at 27 of Leo. So this full moon is shining a light on what was born in 1776, the birth of the U.S., now, the moon in Aquarius is a pretty, these are revolutionary people. Moon, mundane astrology represents the people. And of course, the US was born in a revolution against the old world order at the time, which was the British crown, which was considered to be extremely controlling and um, had very um, burdensome, onerous taxes. So many people fled. England and said, we're going to set up a new world. Isn't this interesting? We're going to set up a new world which is free, free for the people. Think of the Statue of Liberty as you um, enter the US. So the US was born in that spirit of freedom. Again, the power of the people. And you may question whether, you know, how well that's worked out, but nevertheless, that was the intention. Not only that, but um, this full moon is within a degree of the total solar eclipse that you might remember we had in August 2017, which absolutely cut across the US, west to east. And it really divided, uh, the eclipse path divided um, America, north and south. And you may ask yourself, has America been polarized or divided since that time? Well, I think most of us would say, Yes, there's been a great deal of polarization for various reasons since that time. So with this full moon shining a light on that, is gonna, that going to highlight the division, the separation? Or is it, it going to highlight some kind of unity coming together? I think that's very interesting. On top of that, this full moon is happening just a few days before the first exact Pluto return for the US. And I've talked about this before, but if you're not aware, essentially Pluto in the heavens has a 246 year orbit. So for the very first time since that 1776 chart when the US was born, as it were, Pluto is coming back to that so-called natal place. So 
it isn't just on the 22nd of February this year, which is the first hit. It's going to be exact again in July and exact again in December. But this Pluto return is going to be operational for at least the next two years. It's huge. It's a spiritual rebirth and transformation for America. And the people of America will determine what form it takes. But looking at the astrology, for sure, it's going to be economic, it's going to be political, it's going to be constitutional. I believe it's also going to be geographic. What comprises the U.S. geographically in terms of the state? This is going to be huge. So this full moon, not only in directly aspecting the U.S. moon at 27 of Aquarius, but also because it's within one degree of that total solar eclipse, the eclipse path fell across America. That was the big deal at that time. Not only that, but um, this full moon is also within uh, just a couple of degrees, a few degrees of the fixed, one of the fixed royal stars of Persia called Regulus. Now, Regulus is um, the fixed star of kingship, of the kings. So in our modern day, it's very much linked to leadership. And that's, again, interesting. And the total solar eclipse certainly raised its use of leadership in August 2017. So we've got it again echoed here. Now, I've mentioned in recent videos that um, for President Biden, the lunar eclipse in November opposed his son, S-U-N, and on that very day, he was given a general anaesthetic for a medical investigation. In May, um, I think it's the 16th of May, there's another you know, really strong lunar eclipse, which is conjunct his son. Your son is your vitality, um, your energy. So we are kind of pretty much halfway between those eclipses, and this full moon is shining a light on Regulus. So issues of leadership could come up very strongly in the US, that's what I'm saying, but actually issues of leadership right across the world, right across the world, leaders, governments are going to be in the limelight, let us say. And that is, I think, super important um, going forwards from this point, because we're going to see a lot of fast-moving collapse and birth, as I say. Um, energetically, it's very turbulent because the energy is changing so quickly. So be aware that this full moon is happening, as I say, just within a few days of that first exact Pluto return. And uh, I will, I think, when I have time to do a little bit of research, look back at the last time, which was round about this time, I think it started in 1777, that Pluto started to enter Aquarius and what was happening around the world historically at that time so we can get some very clear themes as we move forwards into next year and beyond when Pluto starts to move out of Capricorn into Aquarius. But believe me, it is very much about the power of the people coming together. So this is, as I say, um, Leo is about the heart. It's about living in love. That's really emphasized by this beautiful Venus-Mars conjunction. It's about creativity, which that conjunction is too. But with respect to love, and, and again, I'm remembering the work of Dr. David Hawkins here. He said, yes, love, we often mean in a romantic one-on-one -on -one sense, 
But he said the highest form of love is when you're living it in a state of being, in in a permanent state of being, living in love, living in love and broadcasting it out to the world. And how amazing would that be if we all did that, as opposed to separation, division, etc.? So we're aware of the work of HeartMath. I've talked about this with videos in the past where HeartMath have discovered that the heart is by far, and Leo's heart energy is very, very connected to um, really being the most important organ in the body because the heart sends 5,000 times more information to the brain than the brain does to the heart. So we know that from all of their comprehensive research, and you can go onto their website, HeartMath Institute, and check it out. But what I discovered just a few days ago, which was so beautiful as we're heading into this full moon in Leo, is that a study was done in 1997 in Germany at the University of Kassel, K-A-S-S-E-L, and you can look it up yourself, that they were wanting to, uh, the researchers wanted to to measure the amount of um, photons being emitted from the average person's chest, photons per second. And photons are little kind of parcels of light information, if you like. These little sort of packets of light information are how we communicate with other other people, but also how every single cell in our body communicates with the other cells. The higher our photon count, as it were, the more light we are holding in our body, the more coherence we have in our system, the more health we have in our system, and other huge benefits too. Because, for instance, what they did in this study was to discover that with the average person, they were emitting around 20 photons of light per second. They then asked the volunteers to meditate specifically on their hearts. This was a very important component, specifically to meditate on their hearts and to send out love to the world. And I think the meditation lasted about 20 minutes. They were asked to slow their breath, close their eyes, slow their breath, focus on the heart, imagine they're breathing in and out through the heart, make their exhale longer than their inhale. And then they measured again. And the number of photons on average had gone from 20 to 100,000, where the meditators were able to focus on the heart and send out heart-based love to the world. I think that is amazing. For free, at home, anytime. Just remember, everything in the world is vibrating energy and frequency. If we can do that and pour it out to the collective and do it in numbers, boy, can we shift a lot of the less positive energy, let's say, in the world. So I think this is a huge part of this full moon to be aware of. So Leo is courage, it's creativity, it's heart, it's love, it's strength, it's energy, it's passion. It's also very related to leadership. Again, think of the lion in the jungle. You know, nobody argues with with the lion in the jungle. It's very natural authority and leadership energy. In addition to that, we have the leadership energy of this full moon being conjunct regulus, fixed start of kings. And also the moon is, um, sorry, Mars is exalted in Capricorn. 
And if you look at the charts of people who are heads of organizations, groups, they very frequently have Mars in Capricorn. So really great place for Mars to be because it's controlled assertion. It's not aggression, aggression, but it's very much again about a natural authority that you naturally can kind of take command and um, organize a group of people in a very positive way. So again, several reinforcements here of leadership. But I, I was remembering also as I was preparing this video that I read, it's quite an old book now, a few years ago, called Leadership Without a Title by Robin Sharma, S-H-A-R-M-A. And it's all about being that, not having any title. Maybe you just, you're a mum at home, which is an incredibly important job, but you step into leadership in your life by your, again, by your state of being, by shining your light in this Leo full moon way to set high standards of integrity, principle, truth, very much Mars in Capricorn. It's about integrity and high principles, live in truth and walk your talk to shine your light and be a leader in your life in that respect. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. Leo energy is about being a master, a master of your creation and your reality, because you're very aware consciously that you're creating it from the inside out, not the outside in. And in addition to that, if we put together this Leo full moon with um Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. They're not yet conjunct. They don't become exactly conjunct till the 12th of April. I've done a separate video on that conjunction because it's so important this year. But they are what is called co-present in Pisces. They're about 11 degrees apart right now. But because Porus is a very, um, Pisces is a very porous energy, it's unbounded, we are already feeling that energy now. It activates your dreams in a big way. People are talking about their dreams much more these days, about them being very um, vivid, um, precognitive, predictive. Um, very, very dramatic dreams that are giving them higher guidance. So I'd really, really recommend that you tune into your dreams, keep a dream journal, keep a notepad by the bed, because you are going to get your own higher guidance as we move through these incredibly powerful months, as we move through this. I can't wait for the March equinox and then into this um, conjunction of Jupiter-Neptune in on the 12th of April. But Putting together this with the Leo energy of being a master of your creation, this Jupiter-Neptune energy is being, it's being the, the magician, the, the wizard, the alchemist, you know, creating from a very high level, molding the plasma into something beautiful, into what you want in your reality. So gorgeous energy putting these two together and there's a feeling of this much higher crystalline energy with strong Uranus this year strong Aquarius at this time of year as well so it's it's a very clear piercing crystalline very different from the kind of density that we've had with Capricorn in the past few years the other aspects of note that I want to just mention is that on the 25th of February Mercury becomes exactly square to Uranus. Now, this is wonderful, particularly because this is at 11 degrees of Aquarius for Mercury, <coughs> excuse me, 
and 11 of Taurus for Uranus. This is super fast mind. This can be genius ideas, downloads, insights, original ideas. You know, this can bring in some great lateral thinking and ideas ahead of their time. <clears throat> can be wonderful for that. It can also be very shocking news, surprising facts that come out at this time. So again, watch for that. The other aspect to Mercury, which is starting to build at this time and becomes exact in early March, is Mercury then becomes conjunct Saturn. As I say, it's building at the end of the month. And this is about kind of being responsible for the words you've said. This is a kind of mm, almost karmic um, karmic payback time in some way. You have to be responsible for whatever you've put out there. And again, I'm thinking very much of leadership. As I say, that conjunction becomes exact in the early days of March. In addition, an incredibly powerful conjunction, because we still have this Venus-Mars conjunction moving kind of hand in hand. They become exactly conjunct with Pluto on the 3rd of March. I'll talk about that much more next time, but they are building into a very close conjunction at the end of this year. That is going to be, that is really going to energize that Pluto return for the US. It could uh, produce a lot of economic and financial change, but it's going to bring a lot of intense feeling to the fore, particularly in the US, I believe. It Those conjunctions I've just mentioned are all happening within a day or so of the new moon in Pisces. Now, Pisces is normally an incredibly gentle, spiritual, high-frequency energy. Boy, is that going to be a powerful new moon. I can't wait to share everything I have around that new moon. So a lot there. I've covered a lot of ground in the time. I hope it's been helpful for you. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful full moon in Leo. Shine, shine your light to the world. Don't stay small. It doesn't serve you or anybody else. Stand tall in your light, in your courage, in your strength, in your mastery. God bless. Bye for now. So you see, it's time to shine your light. It was Abraham that said... If your dominant intent is to feel joy while you're doing the work, your tryout of intentions, freedom, growth and joy, will come quickly and easily into alignment. See your career as one of creating a joyful life experience. You're not a creator of things or a regurgitator of what someone else has created or a gatherer of stuff. You are a creator and the subject for your creation is your joyful life experience. That is your mission. That is your quest. That is why you are here. This is Nico Bear. Bring me back to the nomadic way of weaving 
through the damage Mindful, stay mindful Great spirit for my sisters Let me be a flowing river Flood the banks, the rocks that bind her Carry, I'll carry Discover his process, now that's progress. Great spirit, all that hinders, tie reminders to my fingers. I must speak with you more often. In every single situation, easy now Go on, speak loud, great spirit, take me instead Guide me down the road of red and caution I am saying, praying Tinkashalai 
and obviously a great spirit now Lee Harris is another guy who um, gives us predictions um, this is for February 2022 hello welcome to the energy update for February 2022 I'm Lee and I'm an intuitive and every month I take the pulse on some of the themes that will be showing up for us in the month to come but for today, we're going to look at some of the themes that I got for this coming month. So as ever, I tune in and receive themes from my guides, and then I elaborate on them. So the first major theme for this coming month was power shifts. So two different ways we're going to see this playing out. We're going to see power shifts playing out on the world stage. So governmentally, uh, between countries, we're going to see shifts in power dynamics, and this can often relate to power battles, power games playing out. So that is definitely on the table as we move into the month of February. And how that also plays out for us is quite key here, because one of the things that can show up for us whenever we're in a, an energy climate like that is that our own personal relationships can shift and so too can the relationship with ourselves. So the way this may show up for you on a personal level, and this relates to shifts that have been going on for the last year or so for many of us, you might have several personal relationship shifts either happening in February, beginning in February, or coming to a culmination. And as we're aware, there are times in our life where we go through relationship shifts and it's very healthy. It doesn't have to be dramatic or sad or anger that brings two people to either part ways or change the nature of their relationship. This last couple of years, because we've gone through such an intense recalibration as to who we are with all of the events going on in the outer world, it does mean that as we're coming out of that period of the last two years now, my guides have said that as we go through spring to summer, it will start to rapidly shift the landscape of what we've all been going through since February, March 2020. It will start to change in the outer world and things will start to open again in a different way. So what this means is that there is a feeling of that coming in, in many of us. There is a sense of that. You can start to tap into that timeline. And it does mean that some of you will be making shifts in personal relationships. 
and many of these will be for the better. One thing I am always called to remind others if I'm working with people and myself is that sometimes incredible transformations can happen within existing relationships. So never forget that if you're trying to adjust a relationship or you're not sure about the dynamics in a relationship, communication is key and be willing to be surprised that the other person perhaps feels more like you do than you might think. That's always important to remember. And equally, if you do find that certain friendships or relationships are just changing or going in different directions, that's also very much the energy of the world right now. So whatever you need to do to heal as you go through it, by all means, really attend to that. Do it with as much love and care of each other as you can, unless, of course, you're in a very toxic or difficult dynamic, in which case that's usually quite hard to do in the moment of separation. But also be good to yourself because so many of us ha are finding ourselves feeling very different to who we were, how we saw the world, what we thought the world was. So it is causing all kinds of changes. So as power shifts moves through the world as a collective theme, be aware of that in yourself too. And don't be too surprised if you have sudden or strange reactions that you don't normally in response to either power dynamics with other people so this can show up in work relationships, places where people have authority over you, or you just working out some historical stuff that you've got in your body. This can often be the way that, for example, if you were in a very abusive childhood and you're now in a very healthy, loving relationship, that can actually be sometimes the time when some of this stuff unearths and you might find it coming out of you. You might find yourself being a little overreactive to your partner who isn't behaving the way that you think they're behaving because you're now in a safe enough relationship or space that it can heal and come out. So power shifts are always complex and of course they're going to be personal to you, but be aware of them this month because even if you aren't going through anything I've described, don't be too surprised if a few people around you are going through that or perhaps are a little more reactive in the way that they speak. Try not to take it personally. Ask questions about what you're experiencing from them if you feel a little unsure. And remember, communication is key. So if we can communicate in a kind and respectful way to the best of our ability, it's always the best way to lead any difficult conversation or shift in relationship dynamic. So good luck with the power shifts this month. The second theme is past gifts returning and becoming available to us. So this can look like two different things. It can either be a gift from your childhood uh, or a gift from your early adult life that you perhaps haven't tapped back into. Um, but it can also mean past life gifts. Things that you were very proficient in in former lives can come to the surface. So, for example, one of your past gifts might be very literal. It might be a gift with art or writing. But it might have been a gift of speaking your truth that you learned to modify or suppress at a certain age when you learned it wasn't good to speak your truth, either because the people around you didn't want to hear your truth or because you hadn't yet developed your sensitivity enough to recognize when you were just whacking someone over the head with your truth or when you were delivering your truth in a way that could be helpful. So for you, a past gift returning could look like a way of being rather than a talent or an ability. So past gifts are returning now 
in tandem with us experiencing both childhood and earlier life healing. This has come up a lot in energy updates over the months and also the workshops I've been teaching and inside the portal. We're going through this phase where healing is very fast now and you can heal many things far faster than you would have been able to say five or 10 years ago. So our past gifts tend to get buried by our wounds. Our past abilities or ways of being sometimes get stopped because either they wouldn't have been safe to come out with the person or scenario we were in, or some traumatic event made us shut them down for a while. So there's usually a period of healing that we go through when we're unleashing a past gift. Um, I know from experience, and I'm sure many of you will, it can be very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you go through that few days or that week where you're like, oh, I just feel off in myself and I don't feel quite like myself. But you might be birthing a new level of speaking your truth or being in your power or being willing to stand in your sovereignty. Even though you love all the people around you and you're very close to certain people, you're going to have to stand for what feels true to you in certain conversations or in certain scenarios. I call that being sovereign, reclaiming our sovereignty, like who, who we are and what our alignment is, and not necessarily modifying that for other people's desires or uh, how they would like you to be. So past gifts returning is definitely going to be a big energy in the month of February, but that can also mean you're going through some healing to get there. So bear that in mind if that speaks to you. Saying enough. So anger and boundaries emerging from the collective after the overwhelm and exhaustion of the past two years. Well, I don't need to talk to you about the overwhelm or exhaustion of the past two years because that has been a collective theme. And obviously all of our circumstances or our stories around the last two years are going to be different because we've all had unique experiences. But what has bound us together is the effect on the nervous system of the last two years and the amount of stresses, the amount of difficulties that people have gone through, the amounts of suffering or pain or grief that have shown up. Now, that's not to take away the positive sides of things that you will have gone through in the last two years. Many of us can look at the last two years and say, well, actually, there's a lot we've learned about who we want to be going forward that we might never have learned if we weren't put into the position we've been in the last two years. However, it was interesting to hear this theme of more people in the collective saying enough. So the anger, the fire of enough, no, I won't. That's going to be showing up a little bit. And you know that that's very different on different people. There are some people who need to get to that place to stand in their power. There are others who can whack people over the head with that. So again, it goes back to this power shifts theme. So be mindful of that. If you're not resonating with that as a theme or it doesn't show up for you in February, you might be around someone who has a level of anger coming through overwhelm or exhaustion that's making them say, no, I won't enough. That's just a nervous system knock-on effect of the last two years. And it's, it's happening. So it might be happening for you. It might be happening for people around you. And again, this is where knowing what feels true to you, recognizing people's nervous systems are still spiked or are trying to recover from the series of spikes that they've been through in the last couple of years. 
There's going to be a bit more energy of fire around that from February onwards as we start to come out of a slightly more cocooned phase and move into a more expand back out into the world phase and see who we are now. So bear that in mind. And if it's true for you, you don't need to feel shame or judge yourself if you find yourself speaking harshly or suddenly you have an outburst, you can always go to the person that you had that outburst with and say, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't realize how stressed or pent up I was. You know, that's how we heal. We can be compassionate to the people that maybe we were a bit too strong with, provided we can go and repair that with them. But equally, to recognize that if you see that energy going on in people, it might be good for you to give them space. Or for you, you might not want to be anywhere near that right now. So be, be aware of that happening in the collective. It's, it's a hangover from the last two years and it's beginning to come up and it's going to surface more this year, this month, because we have the power shifts energy happening. Trust and connection under the microscope is our fourth theme of the month. Now, in some ways, to me, this relates to the personal relationships dynamic, but trust and connection, there is the opportunity to deepen your trust and your connection. And your connection is connection to life, connection to people, connection to what lights you up, feeling connected to your life. And your trust is always an interesting theme to look at because it tends to take us back to places where we lost trust or where we felt we weren't safe, or someone proved that we weren't safe through their actions. So trust and connection are going through very big healings, uh, certainly this year as a whole, but in February, that wave starts to come in for many of us. So trust and connection will be under the microscope this month. That could mean that you have dreams, daydreams, memories of times where trust or connection was broken. And again, remember what I said, there's a very fast healing going on now. So if you are someone who is wired as a sensitive or somebody who is wired energetically to track energy, to notice the subtle realms moving through your life, your body, your thoughts, you might notice trust and connection come up for you as a big theme this month for healing. And what I will say is the energy around this theme is very, very positive. When I tune in on it, it, it has a real lightness to it. So it's a very giving theme this month. Even if at first you feel like you're taken back to a scenario or a part of yourself that has lost trust or connection in order to heal it, clear it, and then reclaim that energy of trust and connection for yourself so that you can take it into your life now and in the future at an all new healed level versus what you've been carrying so far. The fifth theme of the month is allowing magic through reawakening the heart. So the way I always interpret magic is to me, the magic of life is all the, what we would call the high vibrations or the good vibrations. So love, synchronicity, connection, things manifesting seeming, seemingly effortlessly and a feeling of lightness in your being or flow in your life. So we're allowing magic, but specifically through reawakening the heart. It was interesting because when I got this theme, I was asking my guides, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, the hearts have shut down a bit. Um, our hearts have retreated, have stepped back. It doesn't mean there haven't been 
many people out there leading with their heart. And I know many of you who watch, watch or listen to this kind of video, you'll be one of those people. You might have been out there leading with your heart the last two years to try and uplift people, love people, help people that you could feel were suffering. But we're going to be reawakening the heart in order to really allow our magic. So the next phase of you being able to connect more into the magic of life is reawakening the heart. So it links in with connection and trust. So don't be too surprised if you have some healing waves around your heart this month. But also for many of you, particularly those of you who've had a rough time of late, it's going to be being open to people coming in to help you awaken your heart. So you don't have to do a load of heavy lifting or you know, think about everything you need to do to reawaken your heart. If you feel a bit exhausted and even depressed that I'm even mentioning this and you start thinking, oh God, it's another thing I've got to do. For you, it's important for you to say with an affirmation, I allow my heart to be lovingly reawakened this month. I allow my heart to be lovingly reawakened this month. I allow my heart to be lovingly reawakened this month. Now, if reciting that mantra or even just hearing me say it brought tears to you or brought some emotional movement, that's great. That's a sign that your heart is feeling seen and wants to come back out. So it's par for the course with what we went through the last two years that hearts have been a little more fearful, a little more tender, a little more shut away. But the heart energy on the planet has actually been growing stronger through this past two years. So You'll allow your magic through reawakening your heart this month. And for those of you who feel too exhausted to do anything about that, call it in. Ask the universe for help. The reason I said um, I allow my heart to be lovingly reawakened is so that it comes with an energy of support and goodness for you. It's very important when making your own affirmations to really put as much upliftment around the words as you can and also to not put pressure on the words and to really create words that will allow things to come to you in a smooth, easy, effortless way. So that's very important because, of course, the way our minds have been wired, that isn't how it was introduced to us when we were growing up. So we have to remember to bring an energy of love and kindness into any affirmation that we are diagnosing to call something in for ourselves. So the sixth theme, I think it's number six, yes, seeing through illusions in your own beliefs and in the outer world. So in recent months, I can't remember whether it was December or January, there was a very strong message that there are going to be some things that will emerge uh, that many people will be surprised by in the outer world. So things that we have either been asked to believe or told to believe that will reveal themselves to not be true. And of course, this is par for the course at the moment. I think with, with the series of years that we're in right now, a lot of that level of disclosure is, is happening and is, is coming out. But when we look at seeing through illusions in your own beliefs and in the outer world, it's when we are coming through the period of shock or anger or grief about it, and we're beginning to wake up. So you will see this happening more and more in the world there will be less of a spell over the collective as there has been in the last couple of years in general, and there will be a bit more seeing clearly. And that's never easy uh, when things come up that aren't what we thought they were or 
aren't what they proclaimed themselves to be. It can be uncomfortable and it can move things through us. But it's happening now at a level where the momentum is just going to keep going and things will come out as they need to as, as long as that we can, ha- at a speed at which we can handle them basically. But equally, this pertains to you as a person seeing through illusions in your own beliefs. So it's interesting because someone once told me, uh, they were really angry at the illusions of their beliefs. And I said, well, they were real at, at a certain time. It's like there are things all of us have believed at certain stages of our life that served us. So at the moment, we're in a situation in the world where certain stories we've been told are revealing themselves to not be true. And thus, the same is true for us. We're in a, a shakedown period on Earth. So for you too, there might be very sudden shifts in your perception, in your way of seeing things, in the way that you show up in certain relationships or or your workplace, or and that's okay. That's part of what's going on right now. So seeing through illusions in your own beliefs and in the outer world. So just watch out for that theme and also watch out for anyone else who's going through some of those sudden changes. And there's nothing wrong with the beliefs that you personally held that got you to here. It's more about, well, now I no longer need to hold myself in that framework. What's new? What's possible for me now? That's the energy that 2022 as a year and as a whole is calling in for you and for the world, but for you personally. Uh, the last two themes are rebalancing the shadow. So the shadow in the self and in the world. So basically when we rebalance the shadow elements, the hidden, the, the kind of, again, we can call them lower vibrations. You have to be a little careful of hierarchy when you think of lower and higher because Essentially, where the universe is concerned, there is an equality to everything that's going on here right now, however we look at it or frame it. But rebalancing the shadow is very much what we're going through as a collective. All of the parts of our world and our way as a society, as a society and as individuals, that is shadowy, that has shame, control, judgment, war, anger in it. And it's a little bit like we're being shook right now. And it doesn't mean those things won't still show up. In fact, many of those things do show up as they're trying to be healed. So rebalancing the shadow, just try and remember that it helps us to return to inner and outer light when we go through this process. So if you're someone who's hard on yourself, if you're someone who has a tough love attitude towards yourself, this is going to be a great time to elevate that to let go of that as an old belief. We're all here doing the best we can at any moment in time, and we will carry ourselves forward with more love and compassion if we can see ourselves and others that way. Doesn't mean tolerate bad behavior if someone's in front of you punching you in the face repeatedly. It doesn't mean you just throw love and light at that kind of behavior. But when it comes to being hard on yourself for things that you're recognizing as patterns of your own that you're letting go, Come to yourself with a lot of love and a lot of grace, and those things will move far faster. But for some of you, letting go of that old controlling voice is going to be quite a battle right now. It will be very up in your face, and it will be uncomfortable. So if you find that's your story, get help with it. Have somebody, either a a professional person who does this kind of work therapeutically, or a healer, or a group that you can find that can hold you through this transformational period of your life. Because 
Rebalancing the shadow is is tough. It's it's an edgy process. It can bring up dark nights of the soul. So make sure you're getting support with that if you really resonate with this part of what I'm saying. And last but never least, uh, number eight, be good to your nervous system right now as it begins to recover and rebuild itself. Even if you're feeling good right now and you're watching this going, I'm kind of good, actually, Lee. I'm kind of still be mindful of your nervous system. Like I said, the last two years have left everybody a little overwhelmed, a little exhausted. Even if you're doing generally well, we've gone through this uh, fairly shattering and transformative time as a collective. And so even if your nervous system's okay, that's definitely going on around you. But many of you will recognize it's it's been a really important time for you to learn to look after yourself in a different way and the necessity of knowing how to rebalance yourself when you get stressed or overwhelmed, which isn't something most of us were taught. But that really is the mantra of our time. How can I look after myself when I need looking after? And if we learn to do that for ourselves, we become wonderful advocates of of that for others. And we have more energy to give to others when they're in need of it. So be good to your nervous system, especially in relation to giving yourself the ability to look back at the last two years and go, actually, because I'm an introvert, I loved staying at home for most of two years. But there will still be another side of this process this last two years that will have been a little triggering or a little alienating or strange for you. So bear that in mind and remember to keep looking after yourself, giving yourself soothing practices, rebalancing practices, whatever works for you. Those are the themes for February, everybody. Thank you for tuning.
Jonathan Goldman there with Inner Light. Now, regular listeners will know that over the years we've been receiving messages from basically Abraham in 1987 and myriads and myriads of other entities over the years since then. To that end, I, I went and spoke to um, three or four conferences in America where they carried on this tradition of receiving messages. Now, the very first one I went, I went to in Boise, Idaho, I, um, I came across a lady called Gerdine. That's her name, Gerdine Bowen. And um, she was... I'm not sure whether she, oh, she had emphysema, I think. She was carrying oxygen bottle with her all everywhere. But she was a magical artist and painter. And she also wrote a book. Well, she wrote two books. Um, the Zoid Mission, which one of our ladies here in the shop is, is currently reading. Now, she passed away a few years ago. And um, <laughs> time flies. It's quite a few years ago now thinking about it. But the, the traditions carried on. And they have a lifeline, a light line, um, telephone conference every every week across across America and Mark one of the ladies one of the guys who is the sort of the host of the, of the shows um, last month just a few weeks ago he called on the spirit of Gerdine to come through and give us a message so this is what she had to say it starts off with Mark asking the question for her to come through he said, internally, I'm requesting to hear from an old friend, and this old friend, I believe, will respond. There's been a request for contact with this individual, and so I honour the intention and the purpose and propose and request to hear from our dear friend Gerdine, who I now believe is available. I've had to overcome doubts about hearing from former colleagues and friends and consider this impossible after having read the arrangement book. I now know that this is not the case, so I open the door for my friend Gerdine. I pull up a chair and would love to visit. And she said, Oh Mark, you know I will join you in this process. After all, we invented it and I'm keen to utilise it, either from your side or mine. Either way, the process exists. It is real. The connection exists. We can make it. We choose to create it, and it is, even now. I'm thrilled to be asked about, to be asked to, be, to such a meeting as this when I truly do feel comfortable. I feel welcome. I feel appreciated as a member of this team, even though I'm joining you around a spirit table and not in the flesh at the potluck like we used to. I'm thrilled that you're all still meeting and still utilising this format. This whole teaching mission endeavour has been fraught with challenges and at every turn there is a call to establish integrity, integrity in the process, integrity, integrity in the desire, integrity in the willingness to be of service, integrity in the accuracy of the communication. That's one of the things I will always cherish about my association with the movement of the teaching mission, was all those that I worked with in the process were very concerned about being righteous in the process, being true to the will of the Father in heaven. I'm convinced no more could be asked of than to 
than to be ever desirous of being a reflection of your divine parents' will. As been said, the path is easy to follow. The path that, uh, that path is a deep rut that makes it easy to maintain your direction. I would point out for your consideration that this question of the evening about whether things perhaps will get worse or better is virtually the same question that gets asked every time the cycle turns. Every time the calendar flips over there is a concern of change, a concern that there is some impending changes afoot. Certainly it's always true because of that's because that is life. There are always changes ahead. That is the growth process in action. So there will always be challenges ahead, maybe more, maybe less, certainly different. And the best method to navigate through these circumstances will be to look for the spirit lessons in each of these challenges and seek what they have to teach you, to bring to you. Rather than resisting change and holding on to old patterns, be willing to embrace change, but condition to be divine change. Change to a more divine pattern. Change to a more perfect situation. Change towards divine pattern. So that is why it's so special about being involved with an organisation, a group with individuals who have been exposed to advanced teachings such as the Rancher book, then have ventured out in spirit exploring the principles expressed in the text and indeed have made great progress in the lab portion of their life actually running experiments and achieving results in the lab of life. That's what the teaching mission has been to the Arantia book. It has motivated many to be out and walk the walk that is talked of in the Arantia book. That is what I've enjoyed so much about my association with the likes of you all, true pioneers to take latest information and use it to propel you to create a connection because you've been being informed that you can and you are exercising faith to make it so. Well done my friends, well done. From one pioneer to another I say well done for having maintained the course and having brought yourselves to this place. Thank you for your request, it means a great deal to me and now I have just created a new channel and a new door has opened, a new connection has just been made. It was made tonight here and now, as a result of desire from your side, your willingness to execute and to take action in doing so, which is exactly my contribution from my side, my desire to be with you and my intention expressed, my willingness to reach you and bridge the gap with you, and from both sides we have forged the connection. Now it may be utilised, it may be traversed, we may call it into service at will, and it is so. Thanks again, my friends. We will talk later, should you so allow. Take care. So that was a channeled message from Gerdine. As I say, I met her years ago. Um, she drove me from Kansas City all the way back to Albuquerque, where she lived in New Mexico, over two days with another lady from uh, Santa Fe. We travelled across the states in their van. So it was nice to hear from her after all these years. She channeled so many messages while she was uh, on this plane. Um, and she always said she would never 
say anything from the other side. So there you go, times change.
River Spirits from Honey Mile, that one. Reminds me of our drive across the States where we we missed the tornado in Kansas and we got further on through to another town and we drove through the devastation of where the tornado hit. You've never seen anything like it. It was just incredible. And when we dashed across the, the panhandle of Texas back into New Mexico. Anyway, Gerdine used to channel all sorts of different entities and then all around the world the same thing is happening of course and here in New Zealand it's not no different up in Auckland there's a lady called Kirara Taraishia Tiwairangi and the other morning at quarter past three she was woken up with a message from the I am of all that is the Christ in one the Christ consciousness I said dear one there will come a time when many shall come forward, step forward from another dimension. They will come forward and they will amaze all those, the so-called authorities, they, from the other dimension, will know who, what and where they're from and why, which will totally amaze those in this dimension. There will be too many. They cannot be stopped. They cannot be put asunder. Superhuman in strength, however knowledgeable enough to know that what has gone on in this world is full of corruption. They will share truth, and many will know that what they share is truth, even the learned. And the systems that have tried to keep everything quiet and enclosed cannot withhold them, thus many will know. Truth shall start spreading fully upon the earth without any means of stopping. You, dear one, will get this message out in the best form and way that you know, and you'll get the message out soon. Yes, you can say there will be many who will come forth from another dimension, and you will also tell that those who do come forth from another dimension, will they stay? No, they won't stay long. They will come as quickly as they will go. Nothing and no one can contain them. And so it is. It is so. Their purpose is to come and let all know of truth that have been hidden. And so it is. So that's what came through. And then it continued with her early morning prayer. They shall come forward from the ethers, beings. They shall be slim, angelic and wispy. They shall be abounding in love and say, I am you of the future. All will join their presence. None shall feel fear or threatened. Even all the animal kings will know. Their visit shall be short, yet long enough to leave a lasting impression embedded in the hearts and minds of all. Yes, we are the superhumans. Yes, we are ascended. So then she asks a question. Is there a name of your group? No, we're not a group. We just are. We are superhumans. We have watched you all. The madness shall stop. You are saved by the handful of you who changed the paradigm through their love that bonded to our love. Hence we are here. You will see, believe and feel and follow suit as you choose to stay in the vibration of love. And so it is. We will see you soon. And then she said, how soon? Ask in your hearts and you will know soon and so it is
So that's very interesting. Uh, in Gaudin's book, um, the spirits that came through, which, oh, she wrote this oh, 10, 15 years ago, the, spirit, the, 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 the spirits that came through were wispy. And so be it. I am Barry, it's been the voice within. Kakite, shalom, namaste, masalam. May your God go with you. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.